When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. You're always glad when you uh, reach out to us here at 630 Chad. You can text 630-630. The number to the newsroom, by the way, 780-466-NEWS. That's 466-6397. Bob has texted in uh, extreme fog northwest of Mournville, zero visibility in lots of areas. So thanks for letting us know about that, Bob. Uh, Mournville, the uh, town where uh, Jay Onright used to uh, go as an underage individual and buy liquor. That's a true story, which he's he's told on this show several times. <laughs> Jay Onright, formerly of uh, TSN, now with Fox Sports in uh, Los Angeles, California. Grew up in Athabasca, and uh, Mournville was his uh, town of choice to go uh, illegally purchase alcohol. I'm not condoning it, not supporting it. It's just a fact. Have you ever done it? It's not an alternative fact. <laughs> it's an actual fact. What about you? You ever break the law by liquor underage? I did not. No. Me either. <laughs> not in Morinville, anyway. <laughs> yeah, not, not in Morinville. That's the key. Out in Morinville. Apparently, it's, uh, well, I, don't, I shouldn't say it. it when, when Jay was a young man, uh, it was easier to get away with, apparently, in Morinville. I know current Morinville mayor, Lisa Holmes, that doesn't fly in her community. <laughs> Lisa's cracked down. It's good, you know? Yeah. Lisa Holmes, I would have to say, is my favorite Alberta mayor. Who's number two? <laughs> Probably Iverson, because he's the only other one I can name that's off the top of my head. Say. <laughs> <laughs> so, I only know the so two. There, so there you go. It's a tight list. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty elite list. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> well, Nenshi, I guess. I, I know him. Uh, what about uh, Kraus? Is he still the mayor of uh, St. Albert? I don't know. I don't know any mayors. I can name Ivison. Nolan Kraus, is that who I'm thinking of? Somebody in St. Albert. If anybody's listening, it's St. Albert. Maybe. I don't know if this show really has a St. Albert vibe. No? You don't more, think... We got more of an Onaway vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way, to, way to alienate St. Albert there. Well, I'm not well. alienating them. I just, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I got the St. Albert vibe. Well, Rob Brown's from St. Albert. Well, they'll let you know now. You're talking about him. Uh, a texter who refers to him or herself as backcountry says, I was drinking at the zoo in Mournville at 14. They were really confused when I had my 18th birthday there. I assume the zoo is some sort of a establishment. I come from a small town in Saskatchewan, Reed, and I celebrated three 19th birthdays in my hometown bar. Oh, nice. That's yeah. <laughs> That's right. The uh, the age in Saskatchewan is uh, nineteen. Is nineteen? Yeah. Where is it? Twenty one. I think it might still be twenty one in Ontario. 
I think you might be right there. I can't say for certain. I know for a fact it's still 19 in uh, in Saskatchewan. But I think it's 19 in BC, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I lived close enough to the Alberta border. As soon as I turned 18, it was off to Lloydminster, you know. Where did you grow up, if you don't mind me uh, asking? Glassland. It's a small town between North Battleford and Middle exactly Lake. exactly where it was. The Glassland Ice Dogs. Was that not you your senior man's yeah. hockey team? You betcha. In the Saskalta League? Yeah, oh, that yeah. is it. I know my Saskalta hockey. Do you ever? Well, I did, anyway. I it's just, a deep cut. It's amazing I can still remember these teams I used to give uh, <laughs> scoreboards for when I used to work in the TV station in Lloyd. Uh, anyway, 7804960063. Uh, Kraus is not the mayor anymore or he is not running uh, again at least so I guess he's the outgoing mayor of, of uh, St. Albert fair enough alright uh, what are we going to do here oh we're going to do the scoreboard then we're going to bring in John Garrett to talk a little bit about uh, well I'll ask him about the Canucks but the NHL All-Star game coming up on the weekend he has an incredible story from the 1983 All-Star game when he was a goalie for Vancouver in the second period, oh, pardon me, the second period is now over. The Red Wings lead the Bruins 3-2. These games are in the third. Kings up 3-0 on the Devils. Islanders up 3-1 on the Blue Jackets. And the Blues lead the Penguins 2-zip. In the second period, the Habs with a 3-0 lead over the Flames. Tough couple of days for Calgary. Senators, 2-0 edge on the Capitals. And the Predators are up 1-0 on Buffalo. Second period just started in Winnipeg. Sharks lead the Jets 2-1. Late in the first period, Chicago won, Tampa Bay nothing. And in the final two minutes of the first period, the Wild have a one nothing lead on the Stars. The Spurs lead the Raptors, 98-97, with five minutes left. Good game there. Spurs are 35-9, and the Raptors 28-16. and uh, Somebody texting in about Milos Raonic's tennis match. It has not started yet. I believe it is it a 1.30 a.m. start time? I believe it's a 1.30 a.m. start time, Edmonton time. So uh, you're going to have to stay up late or just get the score from Halsey in the morning. All right. Uh, pleased to welcome to the show former NHL goaltender, now an analyst for the Canucks broadcast on Sportsnet. It's John Garrett. John, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, it's always great to talk to you. We, we usually talk prior to a, a Canucks-Oilers uh, game, but they, they crammed all those uh, into the end of the season this year. So <laughs> we thought, yes. thought, thought, thought we'd talk a little earlier, and, and I know you got a great all-star story we're going to get to, but let, let's touch on the Canucks first. Um, you know, a team a lot of people thought might be down with where Arizona and, and Colorado is, but they're kind of hanging around, aren't they? They are. They are. And considering the injuries they've had this season, uh, I don't think many people thought they would be as successful as they've been. Uh, I think a big story for them has been their goaltending. Uh, Ryan Miller has just been lights out uh, for about a month now. His save percentage is around 940, and uh, he's only lost two games in regulation in his last 12 or 13, I think it is now. He, he's been great, and uh, they're getting a good mileage out of guys I don't think they expected would be playing but with the injuries uh, Nikita Trampton uh, has played and played quite a bit Troy Stetcher has been playing 20 minutes uh, a game and he, nobody thought that he'd even make the team so uh, I think those two guys on defense and uh, their work ethic they, they really work hard uh, every game they keep it safe and keep it close and uh, have clawed out wins especially at home they're their road record has not been very good, and uh, if they don't make the playoffs, that's going to be their demise. But 
Uh, they've got 17 home wins already, and last year they were uh, ended up the season six games under 500 at home, and uh, now they're 12 games over. So uh, I think that has really turned it around for them. Well, I, I, I'm interested you touched on the work ethic. I mean, the two games I saw them play against the Oilers, it, it was 2 nothing for Edmonton in October, and I thought a game, you know, probably the Oilers controlled, even though it was within a goal most of the time. But but that New Year's Eve game, I, I know the Oilers wound up out shooting them and obviously got the late power play goal to tie it before the Canucks won on a shootout. But, yeah, it really struck me how how the Canucks were very dogged defending, you know, that crucial area in front of your own net. And I know every team talks about it, but sometimes it's it's easier said than done. And it seems to me they've really committed to to being solid in that dangerous area of the ice. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's part of it, and I, I think uh, they have embraced the fact that uh, they don't have the star qualities that they had when Henrik and Daniel Sedin were in their prime, and uh, they were getting scoring lots of goals and, and winning Hart trophies and winning the President's Trophy back-to-back years. Uh, they're a different team now, and uh, until Bo Horvat and uh, some of their young guys come through and show that they can be stars in this league. They have to work hard. And uh, you go up and down the lineup and everybody contributes and uh, their fourth line plays almost 10 minutes a game and uh, they just don't hurt them. And I think that's one of the things. If you're a fourth line and you can eat up some minutes and just play even every night, uh, that's what they do. And uh, even the game in Chicago the other night, they're down 2 nothing going into the third period and uh, everybody thought, well, okay, this one's done, and they clawed back. They were tied and then gave up the last-minute goal. But uh, uh, as a group, they they just said, well, that's one we threw away because, again, we clawed back and made a game of it and then uh, just made a couple of little mistakes in the last minute. John Garrett joining us at Inside Sports. Okay, John, the uh, All-Star festivities are coming up this weekend in Los Angeles. The uh, The game in its latest incarnation of the three-on-three and the four divisions. It's, it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, but you're the, the focus of an incredible story with an Oilers tie as well. Uh, the game in 1983, which was hosted by the uh, by the New York Islanders in their now former rink. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people who wouldn't know what happened here. So tell people first why you were on the team because because that alone is, is a bit of an interesting angle. Yeah, that is. That is. Uh, well, uh, the uh, Canucks came through Quebec City on a road trip and uh, it was a Tuesday that we played. Uh, I was with the Nordiques at the time and uh, the Canucks were in town and uh, Harry Neal was a friend of mine and he was the general manager of the Canucks at the time. He had coached me in the WHA in Minnesota and uh, he was looking for a backup goalie that uh, he could trust. And uh, I said, well, Harry, you know, and I had kids, uh, young kids that were going to school, and it was hard on them in Quebec. And, uh, I did enjoy playing my time with the Nordiques, the hockey part of it, but the off-ice stuff was tough when you got a young family because of the language problems. But anyway, uh, so Harry made the deal on a Thursday, and uh, the Canucks were playing in Toronto on a Saturday, and the All-Star game was uh, in Long Island on the Tuesday. Back then, they didn't have a special weekend for the All-Star game. So uh, I go from Quebec to Toronto to meet the Canucks, 
and uh, Richard Bodor is playing the game. Uh, he gets hit in the head and in the ear, and it broke his eardrum. And so I get thrown in late in that game, and then the Canucks played in Pittsburgh the next night, and so I started that game. So I had technically we played about 63 minutes for the Canucks, and Richard, who uh, the year before had taken the Canucks to the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, he was the all-star representative from the Canucks. And uh, this was just when the Oilers were starting to dominate and uh, they were challenging the Islanders and all this kind of stuff then for uh, being the best team in hockey. And uh, So there was no goalies in the West that were that outstanding that they were just going to add them on. And the Canucks didn't have any other representative uh, going. So uh, the league and its great wisdom said, okay, Garrett's been around a while. Let's <laughs> let him go to the All Star game. <laughs> he can be the Canuck representative. And uh, so I I packed my stuff up and uh, went from Pittsburgh to Long Island. And I went home to Quebec first and then met uh, everybody in Long Island and. Uh, uh, all the Oilers were there, uh, Coffee and Gretz and uh, Mark Messier and, uh, and Brian Sutter was there from St. Louis and Denny Savard was there and Doug Wilson and they, all the guys. Lanny McDonald was on the team. And, uh, Lanny and I had uh, been friends from a world championship we had played in uh, a couple of years earlier and uh, we got to know each other pretty well. And, uh, so, and then there was only two goalies. There was, uh, they didn't have the goalie play a period each. It was, you played half the game. And Murray Bannerman was the other goalie for the West, and uh, he started. And then I went in at the 10 minute mark of the second period, and the score was, oh, I, don't, I think it was 2 1. And this was just, uh, the East had won six years in a row, and Roger Nielsen was the coach of the team because, uh, uh, the Canucks the year before had gone to the Stanley Cup Finals, so that's why he was the coach. But anyway, uh, Gretzky and and the guys from the West said, okay, let's win this game. This isn't going to be your typical all-star game. and uh, We're going to show the East, and we're going to show the Islander guys and that. that and the Islanders had a whole bunch of guys, Bossy and Trotje and all those guys were on the Eastern team. And uh, so it was a little more intense than most all-star games. And there I am. Uh, you know what am I doing here type thing and uh, I get thrown in and I made a few saves and uh, the game's going along and, and we end up the score is 3-2 I think and uh, we're about halfway through the third and, and Landy McDonald kept coming back to me after every save I made and says, John you're going to win the car John you got one of the tires John you got the steering wheel now and you just kept <laughs> every shift he was coming up you're going to win the car and uh so then about the 10-minute mark, uh, Gretz gets a goal, and uh, Pelly Lindbergh was the goalie, and uh, Lanny comes back, and he's, oh, you might be in a little trouble here. And then the next, sh- the next shift, Gretz comes out, and he gets another one. And then he ended up, he got four goals in the last eight minutes, and uh, sure enough, the guys who, uh, the reporters, picked the guy that got the car after and they had already handed in their ballots at the 10-minute mark. And I was, I, I would have won the car, but then they <laughs> immediately went and retracted all their ballots and got them back again, and Gretz got four goals in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, 
I think he won his 13th car or something at that time. And it was just, yeah. I just went away and my Nissan Micra drove away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was always the joke in the 80s. Does Gretzky really need another car? Because they used to give away cars forever. Oh, I know. I know. I know. He gave it to his uncle or something. It was one of those. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun because I I knew. a whole bunch of players from the East and uh, uh, my new teammates and that, and I played in a couple of world championships. And so uh, there was a lot of guys that were there and uh, for uh, a player that had, I played three WHA all-star games that I was elected to, but the no votes at either division. And I was the backup goalie and there I was at the all-star game. Almost won a cut. Oh, that, I mean, that's such an incredible story uh, that, that that they changed the vote, obviously. And I, I'm just looking back at the summary. I think Gretzky got his fourth goal with, with 42 seconds left just to really change everybody's mind. Oh, I know. Yeah, and already. and uh, after the third one, Lanny came back to me and he goes, you got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Lanny was having fun. Now you, you know, we know what that Oilers Islanders rivalry was like. And at that time, um, I mean, they they didn't like each other. I mean, I know they only played three times no. a year then, but they did. They had met in the finals, and they had an earlier a second round series, I guess, in, in '81. So were you? Were you? Uh, I mean, was it once they got under the ice? Were, was did it strike you like, oh wait a minute, this there's a little more to this than most All Star games? Did you sense like was there a little was there just more hitting or was yeah. It just, yeah yeah you could sense in the dressing room even and on the bench that uh, you know it was there was a little more involved than uh, just okay let's put on a show here it, it was okay we're going to win this game. And that was the uh, the theme. And with that Oilers talent, it it wasn't too hard. They just kept going. And and sure enough, I I said, what was the final score? Seven, two or three or something like that. It it ended up. Uh, What do they have it as? Nine, three. Yeah. Thanks to Gretzky. Finally get on at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, every shift, he got four in what was it, the last seven or eight minutes. It was just crazy. So now, as a guy who played in the All Star Game and in the league, are you drawn into the three on three format? I mean, I know you're a broadcaster too, so you pay attention to it. But is it? Uh, yeah, I like it. I, yeah. I I like it. I I think that uh, it's uh, the and you watch the players and and being a player, former player, and very competitive. But when they play soccer, when they play ping pong, you know, it's the <laughs> It's the competition that keeps it going. And uh, when it's a three-on-three competition, it, it's more of a head-to-head rivalry than when you just throw five guys on the ice and you're not really out there with the same line mates every shift and uh, the score ends up being 14-12. Uh, three-on-three, it's, you're letting just these other two guys down that are on the ice with you. So the competition, uh, I think, just the competitive nature of the players comes through much clearer in the three-on-three rather than the uh, regular format. Well, and maybe an opportunity for a goaltender to be an MVP if he makes a few big saves, right? So that'll be yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yes, that's right. John, thanks for sharing that story Ed, and keeping us updated here on the Vancouver Canucks. Always love having you on the show. And just looking ahead at the uh, schedule, uh, March 18th, the Canucks are finally back at Edmonton. So I guess I'll see you then. No, oh, I know. Yeah, okay. It'll be my pleasure. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. 
Great stuff with John Garrett. That was incredible. Gretzky, I believe the actual time was uh, four goals in the last 14 minutes of the game as uh, he stole the MVP car. Took the keys right out of John Garrett's pocket. 1983 All-Star Game at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. Thanks to John for sharing that story. And the, the, he, as he was saying about the Vancouver Canucks, kind of a plucky bunch hanging around this season in the playoff race. I, I don't know if they're going to get in, but hey, they got goaltending. The goaltending's been good, and the goaltending always gives you a chance. I mean, for a while it looked like they were going to drop down into Arizona and Colorado territory, but they've been hanging around. Yeah, you know, they've won a few games in more, maybe more than their share in shootouts or overtimes, but hey, those count, and a lot of times your goalie helps you win those. All-Star game this weekend. What is there, the skills competition on Saturday, the game on Sunday? I, I saw they have that new, uh, what are they calling it, the four-line challenge or something like that. In the All-Star game, they're going to put up a, a shooter tutor, and a couple guys shoot from the near blue line, and then a couple guys from center, a couple guys from the far blue line, and then you shoot from the far goal line, and it's just the five hole, so the bottom center of the shooter tutor is exposed, and I think it's worth 10 points, but you can pick your goalie to shoot, and if he scores, I think it's worth it's worth 20. And McDavid being the captain of the Pacific Division, he gets to set the lineup. So there you go. That's going to be fun. And I know half of you are rolling your eyes and saying, no, that doesn't sound fun at all, and I'm not watching the All-Star game. Uh, I'll probably watch some of it. I don't know if I'll be glued. Let's put it that way. We're going to update your scoreboard when we get back. You can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. We'll uh, touch on a variety of topics. Uh, by the way, uh, Evan Dom is standing by from the Canada West Conference. The Something happened to the U of A Golden Bears hockey team on the weekend that had not happened in, was it over 50 years, Evan? In over 50 years. He'll explain when we get back. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Jordan Everly, four points against the Flames, Oilers and Ducks tomorrow on 630 Ched. Face-off show at 630. The game will start at 8. We'll have a very abbreviated edition of Inside Sports at 6 o'clock. We'll be talking with Kelly Rudy. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can visit crystalglass.ca. Third period just started. Montreal leading Calgary 3-0. Early in the second period, the Wild lead the Stars 1-0, and the Lightning in Chicago are tied 1-1. Late second period, the Sharks up 2-1 on the Jets, and the Sabres and Predators are tied 1-1. Midway through the second frame, Senators with a 2-0 ball on the Capitals. Five minutes left in the third, Blues 3, Penguins nothing. Two minutes left. Islanders have a 4-2 edge on the Blue Jackets. Eight minutes left. Kings three, Devils one. And early in the third, the Red Wings lead Boston 3-2. Toronto Toronto Raptors in the final seconds, trailing San Antonio 108-106. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Had a fun show so far tonight. We had John Garrett on. We had... Steph Radzinski, local race car driver, had an incredible experience at the Race of Champions in Miami. We had Randy Chevrier on the show. We had a uh, mind-bending trivia question. And now, as the closer, we bring in from the Canada West Conference, Evan Dom. Hello, Evan. Reed, pleasure to be here. I hope I don't let you down. Did you hear the trivia question earlier? I did not hear the trivia question. All right, I'll ask you quickly. We spent about 10 minutes on it. 
Well, I'll get it wrong. Probably. In how many five guesses seconds. do you think we had? We had, did we probably have two dozen guesses, Patrick? I think Patrick fell asleep. No, now he's nodding. <laughs> I would have been like, what do you think we had? About four million people called in? Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like right. five, six million, yeah. <laughs> uh, who is the Oilers' all-time leader in fighting majors? Oh, my God. Um, contemporary or old? I need a hint. He's not a current player. I don't know. But George LaRock? No, Kelly Buckberger. Kelly Buckberger. The Rock's second. Pride of Langenberg, Saskatchewan. There you go. Well, where's Langenberg? It's about five minutes from Churchbridge, Saskatchewan, which is about 40 minutes from Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Now, how do you know so much about Churchbridge? Uh, that's where Rob Dom is from. Some of you might be familiar with him. He's one of the uh, <laughs> most overrated figures <laughs> well, in Edmonton sports history. Here we go. He's your dad. <laughs> He's <laughs> when you were covering the uh, U of A Golden Bears hockey team, who was coaching? Thurston and then Eric Herbers? Thurston, yeah. yeah. Did Herbers. you cover Herbers at all? Marple was there too, yeah. You broke the story about Herbers being hired, as I recall. Was it ever awkward? Because you were like, hey, you're not coaching the team like my dad coached. Uh, no, it wasn't they never, awkward. They never, I mean, I know you wouldn't give off No, that I would vibe. just text them that. I would never write it in the paper. <laughs> You'd never ask it as a question. No, exactly. It was more under the table, more subtle. You got to respect them, you know, when they're in the public limelight, but at the same time, you got to call them. How old were you when your dad started coaching the Golden Bears? Five. Because that was what, 95? He was 95. Yeah, 96 was his first year, yeah. And then he left, what, after 10 years? Yes, he would have left after the 04 05 year. He coached the first of the two victories in Correct. Edmonton. And yes. then Thurston was the coach for the second year. Yeah. Uh, and now his winning percentage is actually better than Claire Drake's, right? That is correct, yeah. All right. But Claire has more raw wins. Yes, Claire has 697, and I have no idea what my dad has. Probably a couple hundred over that time, I guess. Maybe a little more. Well, no, probably about a couple hundred. Well, they were weren't they 34 a, and 0 one year. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. That was a pretty good year. They didn't win nationals that year, though, so it wasn't good enough. True. That's all that matters. <laughs> so tell us, Evan, uh, before we get into some other stuff, because this is I was following this on Twitter on the weekend. And I was thinking, what? It's amazing, eh? What is going on? This was, was this Friday or was Saturday? This was Saturday they night. Won in, the Bears won in Calgary yeah. on Friday. 2-1. Two 2-1. One. Two one. The Dinos are good again this year, right? Yeah, they're a good team. Solid. Yeah, solid, solid so what's team. the Canada West standings right now? Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan Mount, Mount Royal, Royal, Alberta, Calgary. So, okay. So, the, so Edmonton and or Alberta and Calgary. Two points separate again. the Dinos and the Bears right All now. All right. So what was the final score on Saturday? Saturday was 3 nothing final. For the Dinos? For Calgary, With yes. an empty netter? With an empty netter. What were the shots? The shots were 45 to 22. The shots in the third period were 22 to 3. For the Bears. For the Bears. They're trying to tie it. Yeah. All right. So why is it significant that that game ended 3 nothing? So it is a shutout victory for Calgary, and that was the first time since 1964 that the Bears had been shut out at home in a regular season game. So, I mean, that's absolutely unbelievable. It's the first time they've been shut out at home against the Canada West team, period, since 1980. That was in a playoff game against Calgary. Right. And it was only the fifth time in the history of the program, this is the 104th season, that the Bears have been shut out against the University or College team at, at home. So, I mean, that's just unbelievable. They've played 100 years, over 100 years, and they've been shut out five times against the University or College team. It's incredible. Now, were you aware of... Because were you, were you doing color for the game? Yeah, we were, Dustin doing, Nielsen? we were doing the game on Canada West TV. And, I don't know, it was five minutes left in the game. And, and we, Dustin kind of asked, you know, when's the last time you saw the Bears shut out at home? And I had to think about it for a second. I said, well, it's been a really long time. 
And <laughs> obviously, it had been a really long time. It had been the, my, the entirety of my life because I've never seen them shut out at home. So it's just absolutely remarkable. I mean, you look at it and you think, well, you know, maybe I overlooked a game here. They had to have been shut out at some yeah. point. We've, I mean, I've done, I don't know how many, I've done hundreds of games now at this point and, um, and been to, to hundreds of games and I've never seen them. I'd never seen them shut out. Never. Not once. That's incredible. Do you think the Dinos were aware of it after the I, game? I don't think so. Probably I don't not. think anybody was aware of it. Um, Steve Knowles, who has been around the program for 100 years, does the PA at Claire Drake Arena and is just an absolute wealth of Canada West hockey knowledge, sent out an email after with all these stats. The, you know, you go down the laundry list, first shutout at home since 1980, first shutout in regular season since 64, fifth ever against an intercollegiate opponent at, at Claire Drake Arena. So who did it in 64? 1964 was UBC. It was 5-0. Okay. Yeah. Oh, blowout. Yeah. And Calgary was 2-0 in the Canada West playoffs. I believe it was the conference uh, semifinals, but I'd have to go back and double check. But that was 1980. So, I mean, that that's ridiculous. Fif- like it's over stunning. 50 years without a regulation or a regular season shutout at home. So... And they're playing, what do they usually play, 14 it's home games a year? It's roughly 600 games. It's roughly 600 home games without being shut out. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you don't have to, you you don't have to add anything more to the list. It's just absolutely incredible, and it's one of those things that, you know, whether or not you're a fan of Golden Bears hockey or or hockey in general, just that pure statistic is you can appreciate the dominance of the program because yeah. that speaks that speaks to it right there. Yeah, that's the 1960s. That's it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it is mind-boggling. I mean, how many it generations makes, of students is that? Well, that's a lot. It, it makes it makes Stephen Stanford, who got the shutout for Calgary, that accomplishment even more remarkable because there's been a lot of good goalies that have gone up oh, against absolutely. the Bears um, over the years. And the other amazing thing is, is he 45 shots he stopped Saturday. Back in December, the Bears got shut out for nothing against Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. 45 shot shutout for Jordan Cook in that game, mm-hmm. and that's the fourth most. Uh, shot stopped in a shutout in Canada West history, 45. How about that story, Jordan Cook, Leduc kid, yeah. Saskatchewan Huskies goalie? You got to go to the Spengler Cup. Yeah, absolutely remarkable. A great opportunity for him. Um, I know he enjoyed it a lot. Obviously, Canada won. He didn't see action in game, but he was around those guys. He was at that event. And I think he knew he probably wouldn't play. Yeah, he knew he knew go, going into the tournament that he was likely the number three guy on the pecking order, but it was a nice gesture from Hockey Canada. So, I mean, some of the background story is, um, number one, Jordan Cook's an outstanding goaltender who I think is going to play pro when his time at the University of Saskatchewan is done. But uh, the U Sports All-Star team was playing the National Junior Prospects out mm-hmm. in Quebec prior to the World Juniors. And and they brought goaltenders out there on the U Sports side, but they didn't get an opportunity to play in the games because Canada wanted to get a look at, at their prospects. So they have goals so, for both teams. Yeah, yeah, so it was a bit of a gesture from Hockey Canada to, you know, extend that olive branch and uh, give him a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I'm sure he had a lot of fun. I haven't talked to him since he got back. I spoke to him when he found out about it. Um, but for people who haven't had the opportunity to experience the Spangler Cup as a viewer. I haven't watched the tournament at home here. Everybody I've ever talked to who has gone has said it's absolutely unbelievable. It's just a hockey festival. People are in great spirits. You're in the middle of the the Swiss Alps. It's an unbelievable facility. Uh, It's definitely on my bucket list. I'd like to try and do it in the next couple of years because it looks awesome. Uh, Jordan Cook has been having an outstanding uh, university career. And, you know, hey, let's be honest. Usually I wouldn't promote a Saskatchewan Husky on the show, but he's a Leduc kid. Yeah, he's a local guy. Uh, and he's, I mean, is he, the, is he the type of guy that could wind up, 
in pro hockey when he's done university? No question. I think he's probably the best goaltender that's gone through the conference in the last 20 years. Really? That good, eh? Yeah, he's that good. Well, I mean, last year he was the conference MVP, and that was the first time in, in over 20 years that a goaltender had been the conference MVP. So, you know, the the laundry list of achievements that he's been racking up with the Huskies is impressive. Um you know, and the thing about him is he's an undersized goaltender, and I think that's what held him back from getting a pro opportunity after his time with the Kelowna Rockets in the Western Hockey League was done. But you know, you can only you can only look at that for, for so long as a discrediting factor. If the guy just stops the puck and finds a way to get wins um, at a, at a certain point, you're going to get an opportunity. And and I think probably realistically, Jordan Cook could could leave tomorrow and have a pro pro chance, uh, but. He's not going to do that. He's going to get his degree, and he's going to try and win a national championship with uh, the Saskatchewan Huskies. But once his time there is done, I think he'll get a shot. You know, whether that's in the East Coast League and, and try and build up to an American League contract, sure. or if he goes straight to Europe, he'd be a very good goaltender in Europe. He'd make, he could make a lot of money and, and see a lot of places by playing in Europe if that's what he wanted to do, too. Right, and they can easily change teams every year over there. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes they change coaches between periods, so they, they can change teams between <laughs> years. Absolutely. True, yeah. It's Kevin, crazy. Kevin Dawn from Canada West joining us. What's going on with the uh, conference? You guys trying anything new here? What's going on? Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's always lots of stuff going on. Some more public stuff that we'll have coming out over the next six months or so. We announced earlier this month uh, we're going through a rebrand, so we'll have a new look. Um, we won't have a new name, so we'll we'll continue to be Canada West, but we'll have a new look, a new identity, uh, you know, a new website. We'll have a variety of different things that we'll be doing to try and uh, freshen our look up. And uh, we're working with a local uh, graphic designer, Art Slinger, who works out of Edmonton here. He's done some work with uh, some university organizations in the past, including the Golden Bears hockey program for their 100 seasons. So a bit of a track record in the sports industry. He's done a wonderful job. Got the concepts back this week, actually. So we're excited about those. It'll definitely be very different than our current look, which um, reminds me a lot of a, a grade six geography class. So that'll be positive. Um, so, I, yeah, it, it'll be a lot of work involved. <laughs> that's great. That's but, great. Um, I appreciate the honesty from I, one of the marketing guys. It's, that's, that's it's not a great mark. So we're undertaking a new one, and hopefully people enjoy it. And we're not naive to think that a logo is going to get people excited about university in and of itself, but it's a part of it to freshen it up. And, yeah. Um, oh, you want to keep people base. on the website, right? A lot of people are yeah. learning about it that way, for sure. Absolutely. I go to CanadaWest.org all the time. Yes, we are an organization, so it's very fitting. It is 7.46. Evan Dom is in studio. The Canadians just scored again. They're up 4 nothing on the Flames with 12 minutes left. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, we're coming right back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30. Chad. All right, it's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, I got a text message here, and it says, Cardley Ray Jepson. All-Star Weekend. She better sing Run Away With Me or I'm going to riot. That text, you can see it, Evan, in all caps with wow. several... The so riot threshold loves, is pretty low for that uh, <laughs> Somebody listener. loves Carly Rae Jepsen. Who else is at All-Star Weekend? I, oh, somebody had a Yakushev, who's a loyal texter. Funny guy. I, I can't remember who... I don't even... I don't pay attention to that. It's going to be Carly Rae Jepsen. Who else? I have no idea what and musical acts And a couple, other, couple other musical acts. Sugar Ray, I, I heard, is in Edmonton soon, so they're not going to be at the All-Star game, well, unfortunately. There you go. So this so Yakushev said, the musical lineup is going to be like the game. No hits. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. That's good. That's good. The only Carly Rae Jepsen song I know is uh, Call Me Sometimes. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Call Me Later, I think. Call Me, call me Maybe. 
Maybe. Or sure. then was that the one with Tom Hanks in the video? I only know that because yes. somebody yeah. showed it to me. Yeah. They said, "Oh look, Tom Hanks is in a in a Carly Rae Jepsen. Is she Canadian? She is, I believe. Surprisingly old too for a she's, pop star. She's Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> we had Bernie on the line. I don't know if he's calling about Carly Rae or what. Hi, Bernie. Carly Rae, she's the bomb. There you go. What's up? Uh, do they do they still get pretty good crowds out for the hockey games for the Bears? Yeah, they do get pretty good crowds. I mean, it depends on who's in town. Last weekend, it was Calgary, like we were talking about, and it was a good crowd on, on the Saturday night. Saskatchewan draws really well. Mount Royal has drawn well, drawn well the last several seasons because they've had good teams. So they still get uh, good crowds in it, Claire Drake, for those uh, sort of leading squads, absolutely. And, and when it's full in there, I'm sure you've been in the barn, Bernie, but it's, it's unbelievable when there's students in the building and when there's you know, beer pyramids and those type of things that indicate some enjoyment. It's a fun place to watch a hockey game. When I was a kid, which sadly was many, many decades ago, we used to, which is going to tie to another question in a moment, we used to, uh, my family would go, and there would be other families. It was, the world wasn't filled with as many options as there are now, which doesn't mean because there's no options we went there. It's because you weren't pulled 600 different ways. People would, in the community, would go to the Bears games. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're you're right, and and, and it's something. It, it, I mean, I started going when I was a U of A student, Bernie, and I enjoy the experience of going to Claire Drake. Um, but I mean, people like Evan constantly battle. It, it seems to me most sports fans appreciate university sports. I mean, it's not the same as the NCAA, but they, and especially in Edmonton, we're blessed that the U of A generally has good teams, but the challenge for people like Evan and people who work at the U of A are, how do we get more people to show that monetarily, rather than just telling their friends like, oh great, I watched the, I see the Bears won again, but I didn't go, right? And the, so the Thunderbirds shut them out 5 nothing. That explains, now I understand, I was uh, again just a child, we went to a game one night, and the Bears beat the Thunderbirds, and someone can check. It's not important. It was like 14 nothing, so it might as well have been 100 to nothing. It was the most unbelievable blowout I've ever seen. Whoa. And and Coach Drake's wife picked the three stars. So the announcer <laughs> comes on and says, tonight's three stars picked by, by Coach Drake's wife, like actually said that. And says, the first star, the whole damn team. <laughs> I love that. But what era was this? Do you mind telling us? Like 60s, it was 70s? The, mid, mid-60s. So yeah. it would have been within a couple of years of uh, wow. that last shutout. So now I understand. As once they started running the score up, it's like, remember they beat us 5 nothing in 64? <laughs> yes. It was payback. Hand, hand them their hat in 65. Bernie, when was the last time, if you don't mind me asking, when was the last time you were able to go to a U of A hockey game? Actually, when my, when my kids were at, at university, I would go with them sometimes. So it's been it's been about ten years. Yeah, you should check it out again, Bernie. It's worth yeah. the, it's worth the time. Absolutely. Yeah, you're really close to the ice. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's a blast. And you're right. The kids are hopping. I remember even back then, my dad my dad would say, "Don't worry about the drunk kids," said, but they look like they're having the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to have a good time, but they usually are cordoned off in a certain part of the arena, so you can roam freely in the rest of it. <laughs> Bernie, thanks for calling, buddy. Take care. All right, that's Bernie at 780-496-0063. Evan Dobb joining us in studio. Uh, we should touch on Henry Burris. Hug him up. How will you remember Hank? Well, I will... Uh 
I will remember him fondly, I guess, uh, as in terms of what he accomplished over the course of his career. And he's an interesting guy for Ryder fans, which I happen to be because yeah. there was a bit of a defection there. That's perceived defection from Saskatchewan when he, when he came back to the CFL. But, you know, he's an interesting guy for a lot of reasons. Number one, I think... Obviously, he was a pretty outspoken guy in the media, pretty affable, um, pretty pretty open to um, taking on the naysayers. I mean, you talked to Chevrolet about the naysayers. You heard about that all season about Henry Burris and getting fueled by people who thought he was done and couldn't get it get it accomplished. But you know, surprisingly, he was a guy who I thought got better with age. Um, you know, he he had a strong career throughout his time in the CFL. But when you look at the best seasons they were at the tail end i mean 20 2010 and 2015 he was mop so that was right at the end of his career and just a phenomenal a phenomenal performer who i thought did a great job um essentially resurrecting a franchise in hamilton and building a franchise in ottawa in in a relatively short amount of time which is impressive but the other thing about Henry Burris is, is he might go down as one of the most underrated uh, top-tier quarterbacks in the history of the CFL, partially because of the guys who played during the same period. And I'm talking yep. about Anthony Calville and Ricky Ray. Ray. A little bit of Allen, even. And Allen. And they, they outshine him, right? Kevin Glenn. To, oh. Oh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But they outshine him to an extent just because of the success they had. There's no question that Anthony Calvillo is the best quarterback of, of this generation. And, and Henry Burris was uh, in this generation. So uh, he's overshadowed by him. He's overshadowed by a guy like Ray. But his accomplishments are impressive. All right. We got another call here. Uh, Randy, we only got about a minute for you, buddy, but go ahead. You mean I've only got a minute to tell you how much I love Golden Bears hockey? You, well, try your best. <laughs> how are you, Reed? It's Randy Kilburn. Yeah, I recognize your voice. Oh, okay. Well, the first hockey game I ever saw at Claire Drake Arena was 1960. I would have been eight years old. My dad was one of the linesmen. They used to do a lot of Bears games. I fell in love with Golden Bears hockey then. Still love it. Went to the game on Saturday night. It is the best-kept secret as far as hockey is concerned in the city of Edmonton. I've been telling people that for, well, what's 1960 to 2017? You do the math. It's a long time. 57 years. That's well, impressive. That's awesome. You're, that's awesome you still go. Because like I said, a lot of us appreciate it and, and, don't, and don't make the time to go. Well, I absolutely love it, and uh, you know, it's, the atmosphere is great, the hockey's great, and I got—I was really fortunate because I got to do the public address announcing for several years at ice level, and only got hit with uh, two or three pucks. Were you doing any announcing when uh, when Evans' dad Rob was coaching? Yeah, I sure was. Yeah. So those are some great teams. Oh, so you got some good stories about him or bad stories, oh, yeah. probably. Well, uh, he off was the a air, terror. We can do that. Off the air, we can talk about that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to throw in my two cents there, Reed. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, buddy. I, I miss working with you. I always enjoyed uh, your work in the newsroom, but I hope things are going well for you. They're going real well, and I miss you too, and we'll get together. You bet. All right. Talk to you soon. That's uh, Randy Kilburn, former newsreader here on 630 Chet. Evan, i got to wrap it up here with one final look at the scoreboard. Third period, Red Wings lead the Bruins 3-2. The Kings have beaten the Devils 3-1. Islanders down the Blue Jackets 4-2. Blues blank the Penguins 3-zip. Montreal leading Calgary 4-0 with eight minutes left. Ten minutes to go. The Senators are up 2-0 on the Caps. After two, Sabres and Predators tied at two. Same situation for the 
Sharks and the Jets. In the second period, Blackhawks 2, Lightning 1, Wild 2, Stars 1. The Raptors lose to the Spurs 108-106. Tomorrow at 6.30, Jed, face-off show at 6.30, game at 8. Another big one for the Oilers. They're taking on the Ducks. Evan, thanks for coming in. Anytime, Reed. I love the show, and I'll come in and uh, jabber about sports whenever you want. You also heard from John Garrett, Steph Radzinski, Randy Chevrier, producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell, studio producer tonight, Patrick Bauer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.